Hi everyone, I'm Gustav. I was a Belgian entry for Eurovision 2023 and I'm a guest on Building Bridges. Building Bridges. You're good to go. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Sebi. I'm Jan. And I'm Dave. And this is a Eurovision podcast for the rest of us. We are back for you with another interview. This time we have invited the very sweet Gustav from Belgium, who finished in a sensational seventh place this year. I think that was both like a shock, but also like it was the most positive surprise of the year, maybe for me personally. Yeah, and we and we and we asked him about that too. And it was such a weird question to ask because I, I got the sense he was surprised by how well he did, but I, you know, it was tough to word that question without insulting him. So. I, I hope when you're listening to the interview, you kind of get the sense. I, I really didn't want to offend him, but I really was curious what he thought of his result. And of course, Belgium has already announced its act for next year's Eurovision Song Contest, which is Musti. Have you guys listened to his music before? Were you familiar with him? Not yet, but I know that he was a part of the drag race in Belgium. Yeah. So I hope that if he can use his singing skills, I think, you know... <laughs> I will take a look for that, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, I get the feeling Belgium wants to, uh, even though it's a different broadcaster this year, that they want to kind of follow in the footsteps of Gustav and that worked for them this year. So maybe something along the same lines as that will work hopefully for 2024. And that's why they're one of only three countries as of our recording that have actually announced their artists for Malmö. Well, I should say we did have three artists released until almost randomly, I guess, for the first time ever, France has become the first country to release their song for a Eurovision season. And they chose the up-and-coming artist Slimane and his single, Mon Amour, to represent them in Malmö. Yes, and you can read our thoughts on the song on our brand new website, buildingbridgespodge.com. And of course, we are planning to do this on every song released from now on. You will see and read our exclusive thoughts on every song for the contest in Malmö. Also, another song out uh, now is Gustav's new single, Already Know. I really like this. It's up there with Because of You for Me. Have you heard it yet, Sebi? Yes, I like it a lot as well. Um, I was a bit, you know, unsure about the beginning because it starts with uh, When the Stars Align. And I think, hmm, where did he get that from? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's almost weird that it's released now it feels more like a summer hit or like a summer banger it's very it does. It's, it's already on my gym playlist i love it i'm yes. so happy I, I i wasn't expecting this when we spoke to him for it to be such a, yes. a banger and i think we're also again up for some sleepless nights you know when it comes to um reacting um, after after national final so i think it's going to be an exciting season though um we'll see what what 2024 has in store for us. Right. And with that, I would say we got a bit distracted, but back to good stuff now, our lovely interview. And let's hear it from Belgium. Well, Gustav, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, first of all, um, let's talk about your experience in Liverpool this year. Um, I mean, you started your career all the way back in 2000, I think. And yes. 
you've been, I mean, that was 23 years ago, you've been singing then and then you focused on, I think, producing and also teaching music and all that stuff. Um, so what, make you, what made you like return to the stage as a main singer? When did that switch happen? Uh, well, I think uh, it's, it's a very good uh, uh, debrief of my career, which means I, I started out kind of wanting to be the idea of a, a, a pop star when I was about uh, 18, 19 years old. And that turned out to be a bit of a, of a fluke for me because it was, it was different times, this is 23 years ago. And, uh, you know, the, um, being an open out queer artist wasn't that much um, supported by the record industry. So I kind of, after a couple of singles, I was a bit of a pop star in Belgium, which doesn't mean that much, but I mean, it was something of a career here. Mm-hmm. And um, I just decided that, that that was not for me. And then I started focusing on, on just profiling myself as a musician. And I worked a lot in the underground as well. Uh, like I worked with Rookies and Love Affair, which is like a collective that I worked with for a long time. So I was always busy doing my own thing, but never in a, in a mainstream perspective. And I think when I turned 40, I had this kind of, you know, um, an experience where I felt like I still have stuff to do and I, I'm not over the hill as people would want me to feel maybe sometimes. Yeah. And I just put a little bit of a fire under my ass, I think turning 40 to be like, I still have time to do stuff, but it has to be now. And I think your vision was a manifesto or of like a, a, like a symptom of that, uh, that feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was part of your vision before I thought, I think I want to be, front and center now. So that was kind of the, the ambition. All right, so Sebi just alluded to the fact that you've done many things. You've been a producer, you've been a songwriter, you've sung, uh, you've even done vocal coaching. So uh, pardon the pun, but those are a lot of hats that you've had to wear over the years. So, and I'm sure they've all had uh, ups and downs. So is there one that you've chosen maybe that you like a bit more than the others? Oh, there's a lot to choose from. It's very correct. Yeah. I, but I think what was what was a turning point for me and when it comes to my career was definitely becoming a part of uh, Hercules and Love Affair, which was a queer collective that I was part of. Because I got to tour all over the world. I got to experience uh, going on stage night after night and, and perfecting my craft. I got to work on my identity on stage when it comes to fashion and, and the way I dress. So I think that for me, and I, and I was part of a bigger, I wasn't, it, was, it wasn't me, it was, I was part of a band, I was part of a collective, which is also a good thing to kind of like gently go into yourself when you're part of a collective. So I think uh, that was definitely one of the turning points for me when I looked at my career. Yes. Yeah. So you, you left them in, in 2018, I think? Yes, correct. So what, 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 uh, what was the final break with that? Were you just ready to move on with your own stuff? Yes, I think so. We, I think about that time we were touring about six or seven years and it was quite non-stop touring. Yeah. Uh, I got married to my husband in 2018 as well and I figured also I wanted to have a bit of more of a, of a home life as well. And, and also, but that wasn't the biggest reason. I think the biggest reason was that we were, we were kind of, I think all of us were like, it's time to uh, move on and go our separate ways. I think when you're touring so much, you need some space for yourself and you need to find a space for yourself as you said, as to develop your own little path. So that was that was definitely that. It wasn't like a, a big a fallout. It was more like, I think we've come to the end of the road. Yeah. yeah. And I think 2018 was also your first year on the Eurovision stage, right? In Lisbon. Yes. It's a huge year for you. <laughs> and, uh, you also returned for Hoovaphonic in 2021, right? So um, 
I mean, those are all very recent uh, editions of Eurovision, of course, but like, can you maybe compare these experiences to Liverpool? Well, uh, of course, doing it by yourself is already a big change in how you experience everything. I think one of the biggest things I can think of is that uh, since 2020, I think since Corona, they changed the rules where uh, there could be focus that could run along on your live performance. Whereas in 2018, I had to really do it uh, with two other backing vocals for selling because they wasn't allowed to have those kind of uh, mm -hmm. um, backing tracks on your live performance, which I kind of think uh, that's why I really chose as well to really go for three full on live backing vocalists because I do think it's a bit of a shame that that tradition is stopped because I do think there's something about going on the night of the performance and performing uh, with full live vocals because it really can lift your performance to a whole new level. So that's a, I think that's a technical big difference. And the other difference for me, which is huge, even though it's my first time uh, as a solo artist, uh, I think the influence of social media and, and things like TikTok and, and having to like really put yourself out there online is a very big difference. I mean, my, my uh, public relations girl, was the same girl who did Senec, and she said it's day and night. The amount of work that is expected of the artists when it comes to social media is very, very uh, much more than it was in 2018, which is fine. I totally understand that that's part of how we have to promote ourselves these days. It's just how it is. Yeah. But that's a very big difference compared to 2018. Yeah, I guess there was no, no TikTok back then. <laughs> yeah, no, just, no, yeah. I, I mean, and, and there was Instagram and stuff, but I don't think it was used in the way we use it now. And it wasn't seen as this uh, promotion tool. And uh, yeah, we have to do separate stuff for Instagram, for TikTok, for Twitter. Like we have all these different channels that we really have to cater to separately. That's a big difference. Yeah. Right now, I have a little confession to make, a little backstory. I'm not a very emotional guy. Okay. But I teared up twice this Eurovision season. Okay. Once uh, was during the finale of Eurosong when you won. Oh. And then the second time, uh, although alcohol might have been a bit of a factor, was when Sebi and I watched the final. Uh, I flew over to Barcelona and met them, and we, we had a little fiesta in, in Spain. Oh, and when you got your first 12 points, that was the other time I, I teared up a bit. Because it, oh. se it just seemed like both times you were so a mixture of genuinely happy, but also almost kind of shocked as well. <laughs> Yeah. So, and I, and I do remember, um, I don't know how much uh, you were um, kind of, I don't know if you, as an artist, you, you really get into the social media and you follow everything, or if, if you don't. Um, myself and Sebi were in, I don't know how many Facebook groups for Eurovision, yada, yada, yada. And back then everything was, oh my God, it's going to be Shereen or Gala or somebody, you know, it's, it's like you came from nowhere and it was a spectacular performance. Were you following along with that or, or? Just can, can you take us back to that night? I just I don't even know what I'm asking. It's just it was just such no, 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 a moment. No. <laughs> I, I think I understand what you mean. First off, I want to tell you thank you so much. That's a that's a beautiful story, and I'm glad that because it was it was definitely uh, both emotions, and they were both very real. So you really felt that completely right. <laughs> that is really what that was. It was genuine thankfulness and gratitude, and also a bit of shock. It, it you were definitely on there, and it, it, I think it was very genuine. Same with. When I got through to the, to the final in semi-final yeah. two, that was the most emotional moment for me because it was still a bit of a. I think it's just the insecurity that sometimes takes over with me, where I'm like, maybe it's it's not maybe it's not gonna happen, and maybe it's too, it's too much, and maybe it's, and that's why I think those moments are a, a gratitude and shock at the same time. And to go back to the national final, I think the whole, my whole um, 
road towards Liverpool was a bit of this, where I think I was put in a position of, of being somewhat of an underdog, which is totally fine. I think that's really something that's happened all throughout my career. I think I'm used to sometimes people counting me out sometimes, if I'm honest. And for, for me, then I, becomes, I become a huge, like, <laughs> a world wrestle fighter attitude. Like, I'm going to convince everyone. And a part of me stays very uh, sober, like, well, maybe you're not going to make it. And, and you'll have to deal with that if you're not going to make it. And I think this is why the gratitude comes from the fighter and the shock comes from the very realistic person that's inside of me. Because it isn't like shock. I would have never expected it. I definitely thought about it. But it's this duality inside of me. I think it's what keeps me grounded as well. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's a great lesson for me, the whole experience, because, um, mind you, I also loved Gala and I loved Shirin and I really could see them going to Liverpool. Don't get me wrong on that, to be very clear. But I also felt like, oh, okay, I'm not really being pushed to the front line or as a, as a front runner. And then I get this kind of attitude like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's do what I can. But I never, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to win this thing. It was never like, it was more like, I have something to say and I'm going to say it the way I want to say it. And I think the great thing about that journey is also like there's a lot of, as you said, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, there's a lot of noise. And even when I, when I won the national final, there was a lot of noise from Eurovision fans, positive and negative. Um, but I always felt I have to put all my energy into the work. Like I don't want to start the muds, the muds throwing is not me. The, 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 you know, the, the slapbacks are not me. It was more about, Let's put all the focus on the work and I will let the work speak for itself. And I'm very happy that that's what happened because that was a, a bit of a risk. It could have turned out completely different, but I'm very happy that that paid off. It definitely yeah, I think that made it more special as well because yeah. it was such a shot. Right? You know, the, whole, the whole world was reacting, like you said. I think there was more positive after the negative, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I saw it changing. I, I really felt... The more I got to Liverpool, the more people were turning around and and kind of bopping to the song, which is wonderful. But yeah, it was it was a journey, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, how do you look at that journey now? I mean, it's been a few months and summer has passed and all that. Uh, did you have some time to reflect on the whole experience, or are you still processing it? <laughs> uh, I think I'm still processing, honestly. But it's been uh, it's been um, it hasn't been like a, it's been a beautiful processing, meaning. Um, I look back on, on Liverpool with uh, very fond memories and I'm still very proud of what I did with, with, with the whole crew that went to, to Liverpool. Um, and it's, you know, I've, I've actually haven't stopped working since I came back from Liverpool, especially here in, in the Benelux, Belgium, Netherlands, there's been a lot of work for me, which is great. And, I, and I'm touring with a live band and uh, we're nominated for, for an award this summer, which is called Zoomer. It's like a big deal in Belgium. It's like this kind of like the, the hit of the summer. And we've been in the charts here in Belgium for seven months now. So it's kind of been an amazing journey here in my home country. So, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be definitely still busy the next couple of months. So I think the processing will go gradually along with the work. But so now everything is really lovely, I have to say. So now that it's all over, can you, can you dish? Can you give us all the gossip? Like what was, what was going on backstage because we see we see on social media a lot, you know, like certain artists will tend to gravitate towards certain other artists. These little cliques form, these little groups. Yeah. So, like, who who were your buddies, and and how are you keeping, I guess, cool and calm, and and just having fun backstage? 
well, I think it was quite clear with me, like the boys from Joker Out were, were like, I think I had to pay them some, some royalties money after a while because they <laughs> promoted the song more than me. So, and I really, I still chat with them every now and then, and then they're, they're just lovely guys and they're doing great. Um, and, and then uh, same with um, Lazara, I still chat to every now and then. Uh, Mimi Cat from Portugal, I chat to every now and then. Uh, so yeah, there's been uh, there's still been some camaraderie going on. I think what I was personally surprised about is the backstage was actually very open. It didn't feel very cutthroat to me because I think once you're at Eurovision, you already are a bit of a winner because you already arrived at that big stage. So it, it doesn't have this really big competition vibe. Um, and plus, you know, we're all kind of in this in the same boat, which makes you kind of stick together. I never really felt from any of the artists a big sort of like, um, this is mine, or like, I'm going to put marbles on the stage so you break your neck. <laughs> this kind of thing I never really felt. So, yeah, and it's nice to still hang out and, and chat to some of the artists. So uh, it's, it's, that's been a positive experience. I can't give you big gossip, I'm afraid, when it comes to like uh, backstabbing queens and stuff. I didn't experience that myself. <laughs> uh, no, but that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, well, Speaking of summer, like how has your summer been after Eurovision? I mean, for some artists, it might be a little bit hard. You know, it's that experience that you work months on and then, you know, it's just over after one evening. Um, we saw that you performed with Kate Ryan on stage, another beloved yes. Belgian artist. But what, what have you been up to over summer? Well, the summer has been very busy. I think I only had three days off in the summer and the rest was just performing and promoting the, the record. And a combination of we, we did a big live tour in Belgium with a live band, which took us all over Belgium. And we did uh, like we did a couple of prides in, in, in Spain, in Holland, in, in, in Belgium, of course, as well. Um, and we did a lot of promotion as well uh, abroad. Like uh, we went to Birmingham, we went to Helsinki, we went to Stockholm. So there's been a lot of still promotion for the song going on. So I have to say the summer was really packed uh, and, and I'm very happy because you know that kind of depends on how how well you do at Eurovision, honestly. Because once I came back from uh, from Liverpool to Belgium, I definitely felt uh, people were behind me, but now they were like full support all of a sudden. So we yeah. we just went straight in for all the work that came in. We took on all the work and just started working because that's what I do. I'm used to touring. I'm used to performing. So when 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 that call comes, I always say yes because it's just my natural habitat to perform on stage. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so what's next? So now, once once this Eurovision thing kind of wraps up, are there are there more singles coming, or are you going to put on another hat and maybe go back to producing or vocal coaching? Well, I'm uh, right now after our talk, I'm leaving to the studio to work on my next single. Uh -huh. So uh, definitely going to release a single this year still, and then I'm working towards an album for next year. So that'll be nice. And I'm also doing some promo work uh, in fall. In, uh, in, in I'm, I'm I think I'm going to Liverpool again. I'm going to Amsterdam. We're going to do some promo for Eurovision still. Um, I'm going to do the Eurovision in concert. That's in, uh, in Amsterdam yeah. in November as well. So we're going to keep busy for sure. And uh, for me, it's more like I want to definitely um, take on the momentum that I have created and work with it. That's definitely my intention. Um, so stay tuned because there's still going to come, there's still going to be a lot of work coming out for me. Yes, for sure. Exciting. <laughs> well, the big question, of course, is would you return to Eurovision in any capacity? Like 
as a singer, as a songwriter, producer, backing singer. Is Delegation. It you could see yourself doing again. <laughs> uh, I have to say, because the question has been asked before, um, uh, and right now it still feels like that would be a lot to take in because it's been just because it really takes over your life but it's also quite addictive on the other hand so i'm not gonna lie and tell you that that, that that's not something that i would not think about um definitely in a capacity of of, um, of, of, of a songwriter producer uh maybe even as an artist it's something that's just quite addictive the only thing i would think of is once you were on the stage and i, I think we did we were top 10 which I, i'm sure i'm very proud of then there's always that to live up to, you know? So it's a bit of a risk. Like looking at what Lorene did this year, I'm like, respect because there is still that legacy and that heritage that's constantly in your ears saying like, you should do better, you should do better. And she did, she did like the same thing. So <laughs> bless her for that. that's, that's incredible what she did actually. But yeah, I, th I think it would be very nice. And I like even now, because um, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Belgians selected their candidate, Musti, um, already. And uh, I had a chance to talk to him because he reached out and I already told someone to give you advice, someone to help you out on certain things, I'm here. So it's already natural for me to help out. So I guess then if that would be an, an official capacity in which they ask me, I think I'll probably step up to the plate and do it, yeah. Maybe. Was that your first uh, encounter with Musti or had you worked with him previously? No, it's my first encounter and he, yeah, he's, he's lovely. I knew, I knew of his work. I knew his song, 21st Century Boy. And I always loved it. He has a bit of a more dark, uh, brooding kind of uh, pop music that he makes. And uh, he was lovely and also very, like, he was really telling me, like, uh, yeah, there's, he said, even like, uh, we were so proud of what you've done on Eurovision. And there, he said, I'm be honest, there's a bit of pressure even on my shoulders, but I want to do so good for Belgium. And that's when I told him, like, well, then call me, because if I can help you with anything, even if it's just advice about how to do certain things, I'm here. So, I'm, and I'm very, also very, uh, uh, happy that Belgium sends uh, a queer artist second time around, back-to-back -back queer artists. I'm very proud that Belgium is choosing that card because it only proves that we're a very accepting and open country and that that message still needs to be spread across Europe and the world. So I'm very happy about that. Yes. Well, if you're up for it, Gustav, we would, uh, to end this episode, we would like to play a little game with you. Uh, okay. Prepared a small quiz since, you know... Uh, it's been Eurovision all the time now. It's pretty much probably the word you've heard the most in the past few months. Um, and we would like to give you a small quiz on Belgium in Eurovision and see how well you're doing on that. Okay, exciting. Okay, let's do it. We did that previously with uh, Victor from Greece. He did pretty well. And then uh, okay. Luke Black from Serbia. He did mm, all right. Thank <laughs> <laughs> hey. Now it's time oh. to send her around. <laughs> Dave has the questions prepared. Okay, okay. Do you want to set a timer, Sebi, for 30 seconds? 30 seconds, okay. We'll just see, we'll just see how many you get uh, correct in 30 seconds. As you can. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay, I will. Ready, set, go. Sure. How many times has Belgium won Eurovision? One time. And who was the artist? Sandrakim. And what was the song called? Gemini True or false, Belgium participated at the very first Eurovision. True. Who will represent Belgium next year in Sweden? Uh, Musti. What is the city that he will compete in? Malmö. And what is Belgium's best result since 2018? Me. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> perfect. Another perfect score. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs>
I'm a Eurovision fan, so and I mean, I think if, as a Belgian, you should know a bit of your own history. So that's good. That's good that I'm that I did it right. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. we said earlier. Like, um, you know, queer and European is usually automatically Eurovision fan <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> it, it, it's a very big, uh, uh, big, uh, like same kind of like um, uh, people that are liking the same things. That's for sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, Gustav, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It was really fun. Um, do you maybe have some final words to all the Eurovision fans and to our listeners? Yes, I mean, and I said this during my uh, road to Liverpool as well. Uh, people like uh, both of you are people who kind of like start the fire of Eurovision. And I really want to commend you on, on taking so much time to talk to the artists, get to know the songs, get into all the national finals, because it really starts the whole fire of Eurovision. And then the bigger public will take the fire over from you guys. So I think your work is very important. And also the listeners who are listening to this are doing the same thing. So thank you for that. You keep your vision very much alive. Thank you so much. So sweet. Thank you. <laughs> well, take care. Thank you so much. And see you soon. Thank you so much, Gustav. I can't get over how lovely he is. Um, his internet wasn't the best, maybe. I hope I got to cut that all out. But um, <laughs> definitely, he's such a lovely person. And I think, you know, so natural as well. He's been, he's both professional. He's been in the music industry for so long, but he's still, you can still feel his pure soul. And I think that's really beautiful. That's so poetic, Sebi. Of course, that's a good songwriter for, 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 the, for this hour in the morning. That was very good. I'm very impressed. I need another coffee. <laughs> and on on that way, we were, again, reminding to go and check our website, billybridgespot.com, to see all the content there. Follow us on our social media. You can find the links, you know, all the interviews and stuff. And we see you in the next episode or hear you. Thank you for listening and see you next week. Bye-bye. Oh, Thank you. Bye.